Welcome everyone to the EOS Fireside Chat for September 13th. We've got a big show lined up for everyone today. We've got 13 topics on deck with seven guest speakers. We'll be talking about events going on in Asia, Token 2049. We've got Eve out there doing some keynote speeches. EOS is now available on BitTrade Japan to be traded. Spielworks acquires Atomic Hub. That's the company behind Wombat. And we've got Adrian, CEO of Wombat, joining us today to talk about this big news. EOS EVM version 0.6 is code complete. ENF office hours are up and running. EOS audit report will be recapped by Marcus today. We've got, a, we've got Mark from Pith Network to talk to us about their project that recently launched on the EOS EVM. We're also talking about PlayZap games on the EOS EVM. There's an EVMNS name airdrop going on. And then a couple of reports, the August block producer call summary, the EOS monthly report, and then some events from DAOBOX's vote to win and a funky little game called Feed Your Monkeys. And then, of course, we'll open it up for the community during the open mic section where we can talk about all sorts of things, hear about all sorts of updates. And yeah, so let's get into the show. But first, before we get to our, before we get to Adrian from Wombat, a bit of housekeeping for everyone. Bit of news for the EOS Community Fireside Show. I'll be taking a couple weeks vacation away from the Fireside, and we've got Andrew Ware, aka Drew Block, that's going to be replacing me for a couple weeks. For those of you who don't know Andrew. He's an OG EOS community member. He's also a musician and sound engineer. He has an amazing radio voice and is coming to the show with his own soundboard. He's hosted the Fireside before. He's, he was actually hired at EOS Nation by joining the Fireside show as an audience member, hearing Daniel Keyes kind of shout out for some open positions that we had. And that's how, uh, yeah, that's how Andrew got hired at Yas Nation, and then he became the a, the Pomelo product owner for us. Andrew, are you around to just say hi real quick before we jump into the show? Yeah, thanks for the intro, Stefan. I appreciate it, and I'm I'm excited to uh, to carry the torch. Should be fun. All right. There's my soundboard there you for you. <laughs> there you go, flexing your soundboard. I like it. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, uh, thanks for filling in for me while I take a couple weeks away from the fireside. Maybe I'll join in, listen in, who knows. But uh, yeah, happy for you to host it. I'm sure you'll do a great job and look forward to uh, hearing your intros, hearing your sound effects, and yeah, seeing, seeing how it goes. Appreciate it. It's a big shoes to fill. I'm sure you'll do great. All right. Thanks, Andrew, and we'll hear more from Andrew uh, next week, and maybe he'll talk about some of his recent adventures. I'll leave it there. Okay, and quickly, before getting to the news of the week, Pop Token August raffle prizes have been sent out. There was actually a small mistake made, and everyone got twice as many packs as they were supposed to. So what we did is we added 137 prizes of one EOS each to the pool to compensate. So in the end, there's just more prize money in that pool for everyone that participated in the August raffle. But if you were wondering why you got two packs for your one ticket, that's why. And now for this show, 
pop tokens are available to be claimed. Actually, let me just make sure that the bot is started. Looks like it is definitely started. Already got 32 people signing up. Um, make sure to only claim your pop tokens if you're joining us on Discord. If you're listening on YouTube and claiming on Discord, technically, that's an illegal pop token claim. So make sure to join us on Discord, claim your pop tokens. And while you're here on Discord, join me on stage, share your comments, chats, share in the chats, share on, on stage, whatever way you want to get involved with the show. We appreciate it a lot. All right. Enough of the housekeeping. Let's get into the topics of the day. Eve hanging out at Token 2049 right now. There's a couple events. Of course, there's Token 29 Singapore. Let me share some links in the chat here for everyone. And today, Eve is actually doing a keynote address on Web3 and real world assets at a side event out there in Singapore. And so I'm sure we'll have uh, footage of that speech available soon enough. So you can check out those links if you want more information about the events going on in Asia and how Eve, CEO and founder of the EOS Network Foundation is representing us out there. All right, and real quickly as well, wanted to highlight that EOS is now available to trade on BitTrade in Japan. So of course we talked in the last couple of weeks about EOS being declared not a security in Japan, opening the doors for all sorts of business development opportunities, including of course, licensed exchanges in Japan listing the EOS token. So the EOS token is now available for trade as of this morning, I think. And from a tweet here, we see from Eve, to celebrate for the about next month, there will be no transaction fees on the EOS Jap and Japanese yen trades. So there you go. Nice to see EOS being listed on uh, BitTrade, one of the major exchanges in Japan. All right. Any comments from anyone or uh, anyone from the NF want to add a little something to these topics? If not, we're going to take a small musical break and then we'll be back with Adrian from Wombat. A little comment to make sure that uh, we're going, but uh, I'm going to assume we are. And uh, yeah, so I'm Chris Barnes and I'm filling in uh, for the... Uh... What just happened there? Did we did we go through some Twilight Zone action? We were suddenly transported to another show. Is that just me? <laughs> All right. I child. Okay. Anyways, let's move on. Adrian, are you around? to join uh, me on the fireside here to talk about the big news from last week. Definitely, can't wait. All right, awesome. Glad uh, for you to join us, Adrian, on the fireside. For those who don't know, Adrian is the founder and CEO of Wombat. And last week it was announced that Spielworks, which I think is the parent company of Wombat, I'm sure we'll learn more about that in just a bit, was the company to acquire Atomic Hub. So that was uh, pretty big news. Obviously, ever since we heard the news that Atomic Hub was insolvent, had some difficulties there, of course, we were all very wondering what was going to happen to this platform that we all use for our e 
NFTs on EOS. And so I was very happy to learn that Wombat and friends were the ones that acquired uh, this platform. And here, and today we've got Adrian here with us to talk to us more about 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 that. So first up, before we get into it, maybe you can give a quick intro uh, about what uh, about who Wombat is, as well as their relationship to Spielworks. Yeah, you said it right. Uh, man, thanks for having me. It's it's been a while. I don't know how how long. And um, yeah, it's it's cool to be back and and, and chat. Um, so yeah, uh, you said it right. Spielworks is the company running the product Wombat. Not only the product Wombat, but also uh, Wombat Dungeon Master and a few other things, right? So we've been around in the EOS space. We actually started building Wombat back in 2018, pretty much shortly after EOS mainnet launched. Um, Wombat originally was a wallet. Um, we kind of always had the vision of um, becoming an integrated Web3 gaming platform. So back then we would say something like, or ha having the status and the role of um, well, what Steam is for the traditional gaming space, this is what we want to be for for the Web3 gaming space. Um, so this is how we embarked on this journey. And we, we originally built Wombat as a wallet, so that's how many people, many OGs know us, right? Well, like, hey, Wombat wallet. Uh, we don't say Wombat wallet anymore. We say Wombat, the Web3 gaming platform or something like that, right? Um, but it's fine. Um, we still have the wallet. We still provide for free EOS accounts, free WAX accounts, free Telos accounts. Um, we also support EVM, EVMs, right? Uh, so um, obviously EOS EVM incoming. Um, uh, and yeah, we have a ton of games. We have a hybrid approach with Wombat where we have both Web2 and Web3 games. Um, uh, so you can basically download the app, you can download games through the app, you can play these games, and then you would get NFTs and crypto uh, by playing games, um, both Web2 and Web3 games, right? And um, these NFTs that we hand out, these are to 95 or 97%, these are minted on EOS, and we're the biggest minters of NFTs on EOS and um, yeah, the top collections right now on, on Atomic Hub on EOS are, are collections that we've issued. Um, yeah, we've also been very active on WAX. We run the Wombat Dungeon Master game. Um, so that's a top 15 Web3 game in terms of DAUs, daily active on-chain users, basically, if you look at something like Dapwriter. Um, it's an NFT staking game. So if you own NFTs on EOS or WAX or Polygon, and very likely you will be able to stake some of them in the game and get a reward. Um, so it's a very popular game. And um, yeah, so that's that's been us before. And now um, we can talk about the whole Atomic, uh, atomic Hub thing. Sure. So um, yeah, definitely uh, congrats to your prolific success with the NFTs on the Atomic Hub platform. Whenever I'm looking up uh, some of the collections that I'm involved with, trying to you know rank up the leaderboard, all Wombat NFTs are always all over the place. So that's cool to see. Um, sure. So how did this uh, this deal happen? Um, I'm not sure exactly what you can share, but I'm always very curious about the business side of crypto. So um, maybe you want to talk to a bit about your relationship with the Atomic Hub team or how this deal happened. Yeah, I mean, um, there's always some things that 
I can't talk about because of NDAs or because I want to Absolutely. respect uh, privacy and like um, obviously discussions that we've had internally, whatever. Um, so as I said, uh, we've been in the NFT game on, on EOSIO and EOS and WAX mostly um, for a while, right? So we've been handing out a lot of NFTs. So I think about what, four or five million to date on both EOS and WAX. Um, so that was how we had a strong relationship with uh, with Atomic Hub from you know, from the day we basically started with NFTs, so early 2021, I would say, NFTs on EOS. We had done NFTs before that. Some people might remember Chain Clash from back in the day, like late 2019, early 2020. But those back then were um, uh, D-Goods NFTs. Um, and But ever since we started on Atomic Assets NFTs on EOS, um, we've been in kind of, yeah, um, close relationship with Atomic Hub, at least from a kind of, yeah, using it and, and piggybacking on, on top of, of Atomic. Um, so we've known the founders, obviously they were a very small team uh, back in early 2021, they were basically just the two founders, Yuna and Thalian. Um, and uh, when we got into the WAX game, uh, we obviously knew um, they, are, they, they had a really good year, 2021, right? Um, Oh so, yeah. Anyway, um, we have a ton of respect um, uh, towards what they've built and what they've what they've been doing. Um, however, I mean, everyone knows what the market currently is like, right? And when the crypto market is bad and the market for EOS and WAX is worse, then the market for NFTs is worse square, essentially, right? So um, all the NFT marketplaces are struggling. There's been even on the major networks, even OpenSea, and obviously because of the like liquidity wars with Blur, um, they are struggling. Um, the volumes are down 99% when compared to 2021 or peak times. Um, and yeah, volumes on, on EOS and WAX are down also, right? So it's, it's really hard to actually make a business with an NFT marketplace or with anything related to NFTs in general. Um, right now, so um, yeah, there's. It's no surprise that some some companies are struggling, or even more than that, right? Um, so there, I learned about the insolvency, or in Germany, there's a status that's called preliminary insolvency. Um, I learned about that in sometime in July, um, and um, yeah, basically, obviously. Because there's so like we have so, so many tie-ins into NFT space on EOS and WAX, our first reaction was what okay, what happens if they stop operating? Right. So that was the first thought. Obviously, we also thought, okay, um, that's that's gotta be tough for, for the for the founders. Let's let's reach out to them, let's talk to them. Um, and then yeah, we, we learned about the whole situation, what was going on, what led to that, and um, Yada yada, and then there was an M and A process going on. So we basically we we started thinking about it, and um, that's how we got into the whole thing. And um, we ended up uh, we ended up uh, winning the process, making the bid, um, winning acquiring Atomic Hub. That means assets from pretty much all assets required to run Atomic Hub Atomic Ads. Um, not NFT Insider, um, and some of the people, right? So we did 
didn't buy the company. We didn't buy shares of the company because the company is insolvent. Um, so that, that, that's not what you do, right? But we acquired like all the major assets, including websites, code, servers, whatnot. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where we are right now. It was basically effective a week and a half ago, <laughs> right? Um, so it's all very fresh. We're still in the process of um, migrating, integrating, and all these things. Um, yeah, we, we did get some of the people, some of the team come over. That's great. Um, and now we're looking to oh, structure everything um, so that we can operate it sustainably and uh, move ahead and, and, and see what we can do with it. All right, thanks a lot for sharing uh, some of that information. Very interesting to me. Um, I'm gonna share a couple of links here in the chat. One of them is a tweet from Spielworks and as well as a Medium post from Wombat, I think, um, or Spielworks. Either way, shares a bit more information um, about the situation, or although actually, I'm sure we'll be sharing more information here. Um, it talks a bit about kind of the plans. The, the article here on Medium talks a bit about the plans that you guys have for Atomic Hub, uh, but doesn't give us many details. I'm wondering if you can maybe expand on your strategic vision for Atomic Hub, NFTs, Web3, and maybe if you can share some uh, new features or new plans that you have for Atomic Hub with us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's all very, very, early to do that, right? It's not like we had this acquisition plan for uh, an extended period or whatever, and we could have come up with all the strategic ideas and where this is supposed to go up front. No, we have to do that now after the fact, right? So there's obviously a lot of ideas, but um, this is subject to change uh, while we're digging into whatever existing business relationships, potential partnerships or whatever might surface that we didn't know about, right? Um, but anyway, there's obviously a lot that we can talk about. And this post was er much earlier, but well, it's been a week already since this post. So it's um, uh, it's only been two days uh, when, when we posted this. Um, anyway, um, major things, right? Uh, so first of all, we want to preserve Atomic Hub with its brand and with its kind of standalone product. There is no plans whatsoever to rebrand it or fully integrate that into Wombat and call it like Wombat Market or Wombat Hub or whatever, right? That's not what's going to happen. Um, so we, we really like Atomic Hub. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't have like attempted to acquire it. Um, and we, we, like, we have a lot of respect and... Um, a lot of, um, yeah, also we're very excited, let's put it that way, um, about the, the opportunities that, that, that are being formed from this kind of marriage, right? So um, maybe from a, from a kind of feature perspective, um, like I said, one of, the, one of the major issues right now is that it's incredibly hard to make ends meet from a pure kind of commercial point of view, right? Um, I guess that anyone can go and see for themselves what the volumes, what the NFT trading volumes are right now on um, both the Atomic Market Protocol on, on WAX and on EOS. And then you can basically roughly estimate how much revenue this business is making, right? So I don't have to do the math for you, you can do it yourself. Um, 
So it's, it's tough times, right? So we need to, we need to expand the business so that we, we are able to run this sustainably because that's obviously the goal if we acquire it and we want to run it sustainably and we're in that respect, we're business oriented so that, um, yeah, this is ideally this comes from revenue rather than funding activities or whatever. Um, so one thing that's very likely going to happen is that we'll expand to more networks. Um, Atomic Hub had, had, had done that, um, that leap towards Immutable X um, earlier this year, early this year. Um, and um, so that's, that has potential for it, obviously. Then there's the whole big discussion around um, EVMs, right? Um, there's a big issue in general, a big hurdle there, because we very, very much appreciate the shared liquidity aspect of the atomic market protocol on both EOS and WAX, but also the immutable X shared liquidity, right? So whenever we move on to a new network, we would like, we would attempt to piggyback on, um, on a, an existing shared liquidity protocol. So we'll have to see how that pans out. Right? Um, but then uh, obviously we also have the Wombat token, right? Um, on, on WAX, uh, we have Bridget to WAX, so it's, it's the Wombat token of WAX. On, on EOS, we have Oh, we have both the bridge token via the P tokens bridge. So that's P Wombat. And we have now, since like four weeks ago, we have uh, the WAX bridged um, Wombat token bridged over via the Alcor IBC bridge. Right? So um, we have the Wombat token on, on both networks. We have the Wombat token on, on Ethereum, on Polygon, and so on. Um, so we want to integrate the Wombat token um, of course, from a reward perspective. So on WAX, um, NFT Blocks and NFT Hive have shown how um, yeah, cool um, NFT, uh, sorry, token-based um, trading incentives can actually work. Um, so that's something that we're looking forward to do. Um, we also want to integrate uh, our VIP system into Atomic Hub. Um, we want to, um, we, yeah, we want to have some kind of an, um, Com how do I say a, a fusion of the um, of the trading activity? We want to somehow bind the trading activity to the success of the Wombat token. So we'll see how how we can do that. Right? Um, that's the, like a bunch of ideas surrounding the Wombat token. Maybe even making the Wombat token um, a currency to be to be used for trading on on Atomic Hub. Um, that's definitely a big like, area of, of, uh, of features. Then there's going to be a lot of things regarding discoverability um, of collections and for creators. Right? Um, so that's something where we are, we're going to be working closely with um, all kinds of partners, including NFT Blocks and NFT Hive. So we, we're not getting into kind of a competitive situation there. We are competitors, but we're also friends. Um, and um, right now the pie is so small that it's not, it's not about fighting for a bigger piece of the pie. It's, um, it's just about making the pie bigger and basically getting more content, getting more partners, getting more activity, getting more engagement into this community. Obviously on all of WAX, EOS and any like Immutable X and any, any networks to come, right? So that's kind of the major thoughts. 
Um, maybe one last word um, in terms of like how does um, uh, an NFT marketplace fit into the Wombat ecosystem? Um, I would say it fits in perfectly, um, literally because we had always planned to build marketplaces mostly on the front end side, right? To basically cater towards Wombat users having an easy time finding and trading NFTs. Uh, so now we won't have to build our own. We'll basically, um, yeah, utilize whatever we have in house with Atomic Hub, and it's cool because that is already multi-chain. So we'll expand on that. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts around the the combination of um, of uh, yeah, Wombat and um, like the Spielworks, the traditional Spielworks ecosystem with with Atomic Hub. All right, great. Thanks for that answer. That's very interesting. Um, I guess it kind of covers a couple of my next questions, which were going to be, you know, what does this all mean for Atomic Hub on Wax as well as on EOS? But sounds like for the end user, at least, there shouldn't be any disruption in service. And you guys have plans on continuing to invest and build out more features and integrate Wombat and Atomic Hub uh, even more. So that, that that's really great to hear. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's our first priority, and I didn't mention that, but that's also a little bit easier said than done, because from the outside, it always sounds like, yeah, whatever, you just get some running software, right? But it's not just the software, there's a lot more to that. Um, there's all kinds of processes. There's, um, I mean, obviously, from a pure software and, and kind of operational point of view, there's a lot to be taken care of, but also... Um, there's a lot of topics regarding uh, badging and whitelisting specifically for the wax collections that have been, some of them have been waiting for a long time to actually get badged. Right? Um, and uh, so that, that's, that's a very, very hot topic. Um, so these kinds of processes that are basically ecosystem processes, um, that also needs to be taken over and, and maintained and, and kept up, right? So that's something that's it of course it's going to be a little bit bumpy in the, in the beginning but that's something that we're looking to uh, retain and and expand on because um there's obviously always stuff to improve stuff to make more efficient um it's it's a good opportunity to change stuff when you when you migrate it right um so um, we naturally will have a slightly different angle on things we'll have a different mindset on certain things, um, not complain, not, uh, no, no intention to complain about anything that's been going on with Atomic Hub, literally just saying, uh, that's facts, right? Well, we have a certain way of doing business um, and that's probably different. Um, and hopefully um, it, will, it will be successful. All right, at this point, if anyone has any questions feel free to jump on stage here or share share your question in the text chat um one more i had on my list which i was just curious how big the wombat slash spielworks team is at this point if that's something you can share so we were 24 people before the acquisition and now we had 10 people join so we're we're going to 34 all right so, yeah not a yeah a, a significant percentage increase like 40 percent or something 
uh, from your current team. That's pretty big. Yeah, uh, that and also, I mean, on one hand, um, now this feels like a like a seriously large company, <laughs> right? But at the same time, it's it's a fairly small team and very very efficient when it comes to all the stuff that we actually do, right? That we that we provide and that we create in the company. So I think we're still very efficient. Um, so uh, I, I really hope that we can keep that up. All right, I do, I do see here a question in the chat from uh, Yevin, one of our EOS NFT enthusiasts and dev, actually. Um, he's asking if the Wombat team is planning to run a free atomic market, uh, atomic assets API as it was a while back for EOS. Um, I can't say yes or no at this stage. We are running the infrastructure. We are running a private node. Like at first, at, like as a first reaction, I wouldn't know why we wouldn't make that public because um, there isn't that much load on it, right? Um, but at the same time, yes, uh, there is no public one. Um, we've only been running it uh, for a couple months, so um, honestly, I haven't thought about actually making it public, but um, that's a very legit point, and I'll definitely talk to our ops team about what it would mean to make it public, and yeah, um, that helps build more stuff, and I guess it does, um, because it's pretty heavy to run those nodes um, if, you, if you just want to build something quickly, right? Um, so if that helps anyone, um, then um, we'll definitely consider making it public. All right, that, that's great to hear. Uh, and thanks for the great question, Yevin. Uh, Lewis has a question here. He wants to know if Wombat will follow up Atomic Hub's roadmap. If yes, uh, what and if nowhere do you guys stop? Um, oh, we have a rough, rough picture of um, what Atomic Hub's roadmap was looking like, right? Um, but a, a lot of the roadmap was um, basically created based on oh, capacity that a much, much larger team would offer, right? We only took on um, a tiny little part of the, of the former like a small a small part of the um, of the former Atomic Hub team, I think, used to be. I don't I don't want to lie or say anything wrong, but maybe something like thirty five or forty people a few months back, right? Um, so there was ba like any any kind of um, plannings and so on were based on a much larger team. That's A and B. Um, we obviously need to adjust to the market to the situation also to the opportunities at hand, right? So there are, for sure, there, there are things that um, we'll be looking at and that we'll say, okay, cool. Like, um, there was a thing regarding, um, yeah, a, a better discoverability, right? So a discovery page um, that would more or less replace the Explorer page. Um, so that's something that we'll probably follow up on um, just to give you an example, 
But then there's also a lot of requests from the community, right? Um, so for instance, one thing is that um, Atomic Hub isn't showing um, backed NFTs or, or the amount of tokens that are backing an NFT. And a lot of people are wishing for that to come back, right? We're like, okay, we want to understand the reasons why this was removed, right? And um, I think we already have a pretty good understanding. Then we want to understand whether that's critical for us. And if not, um, if we would want to bring bring that feature back, right? So there's like some of these things that um, are already re being requested by the community that's, that are going to make their way into um, into well the new roadmap. So part of that is the existing roadmap. Part of that is requests that are pretty much new by the community. And then, um, or, or now surface. Um, and then there is a part of kind of in ecosystem integration. Just to give you an example, um, there hasn't been a Wombat login button on the Wax version of Atomic Hub. Um, and I mean, you can still use um, the Wax version of Atomic Hub with Wombat um, by using the Anchor or the Scatter logins, right? But there is no Wombat button. And obviously, that will change, right? That so feels outrageous kinds of to me, things. to be honest. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I, I can only speculate about the reasons, right? So, um, but it's definitely not a technical reason because um, it, it just plain works. Right? Um, so that's something that we already have fixed, which will probably be deployed this week, latest next week. Right. Um, so, uh, but obviously, there's more more of these kinds of things. Where, um, like I said, Wombat token integration, right, and these these things that will definitely make it into the um, the product roadmap. Um, and then we'll have to sit together very effectively and efficiently, um, uh, and, and make decisions on prior on priorities. And then, um, yeah, um, then. We can then we'll be able to present a roadmap, and that's uh, something that we're working on eagerly. Is in general an update on the Wombat uh, white paper, and that should include um, Atomic Hub and the roadmap and bigger plans and so on, right? Um, and all the kind of firepower that we now have. And then there's going to be new partnerships because um, we've already spoken to a bunch of partners, and then there's new opportunities, new developments, and we'll have to adjust to that, right? And then Obviously, now everyone's waiting for the for the next bull run to start anyway, right? So within within the next fully six to whatever nine twelve months, um, everything is going to be turned upside down anyway. Uh, once the market sticks, uh, starts picking back up, very interesting and very exciting too. Um, so yeah, congratulations uh, for uh, acquiring Atomic Hub. I think this is I think this is great for you guys. I'm excited for you guys. And thank you for joining us, you know, about a week after this news when it's announced. I'm sure you've been busy since then. I'm sure there's lots of people uh, that want to talk to you guys. So, yeah, thanks for, for coming on the Fireside. And, of course, come back anytime when you got more updates for us. Definitely. Yeah, thanks. Um, I mean, I've been touring <laughs> since last week, right? We've had, uh, today we've had, like, the fourth, a community event uh, earlier today on Twitter. We've had Twitch streams. We've had Discord 
AMAs. And so I'm happy to be on these community channels now to, well, obviously tell everyone that this is not a scary event um, and we are, we're here to help and we're here to help the community thrive in general, right? We've, we've always been here, but we're still here. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, that, um, that just feel free to reach out if, if there is anything that comes to mind and that you want to do with the combined um, or even still separate um, uh, businesses, uh, products, product lines of, of Atomic Hub, of Wombat, and of Dungeon Master, right? So ha happy to talk to anyone if you have any suggestions, if there's anything crossing your mind or yeah, whatever, any ideas. Um, we're really happy to hear them. So thanks for having us, for having me, um, and hopefully see you soon. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Adrian. Uh, your mission was definitely accomplished. I'm not afraid about this news, uh, and I'm actually excited for the future of Atomic Hub, of Atomic Assets, and NFTs on WAX and EOS. So this is great. And uh, yeah, thanks again, and uh, congratulations. All right, coming up next, we'll be talking a bit about EOS EVM, uh, but first, a little musical interlude. Alright, EOS EVM version 0.6 is now code complete. Features include USD support for the trustless bridge, support patch requests via Silkworm upgrade, bridge UX localization version 1, and Oracle integration with PIP network. To talk a bit more about this topic, I'd like to invite Steven Diesel here to join me on stage and talk a bit what this means for the EOS EVM. Hey, yeah, happy to talk briefly about this. So um, really where we're at in the process of releasing the product, I see there's a question from um, Esteban around when this functionality will be live. Uh, we've not uh, pinned down an official uh, date just yet about when this release will be fully complete. Um, however, I would anticipate uh, again, not commit necessarily since anything can happen through security audits and stuff like that. Uh, that probably around in September, early October is is when I would anticipate this functionality going live. Uh, it's correct to state that at this time we're code complete. We've released um, the contract and node related code uh, across three different repos. Um, one is the EOCVM contract release. We've introduced uh, some bridge contracts as a separate repo, and then we've also uh, broken off the, the node-related content in a separate repo as well to observe how Silkworm has originally reflected this in their most recent updates. Um, and really where we're at right now is uh, we just successfully passed an MSIG in, uh, for Jungle to create two new accounts that are a key component of the introduced functionality for bridging USDT. And we should anticipate across likely the next business day that this is deployed to jungle 
um, will of course have a hardening period and we have handed off this uh, code base to our partners BlockSec for a security audit that's taking place. And um, eventually we'll do the whole same song and dance again for EOS mainnet. Uh, that MSIG is actually live as well for account creation. Um, and I've, I've socialized that with a few other BPs uh, moving and shaking on mainnet. Um, but that that's really where we're at at this point. Um, only other clarification I'll make is that um, I heard the mention of the localization of the bridge. And that's actually in a separate set of repos um, than the ones that we've released just yet. But that will absolutely be part of this release. Um, we'll at least have official locales for um, US English, uh, and then we'll also have uh, some translations for uh, Chinese and Korean, as we often have done uh, for all ENF publications. Um, but I'm also happy to answer any questions. Uh, I'll mention that the primary features that are part of this code base will be the enablement of uh, using the advanced trustless bridge for uh, USDT. Um, and then as part of the Silkworm upgrade that we've performed, it also supports those batch requests, which is um, kind of more relevant for a more niche group than just the average user. All right, thanks a lot, Stephen, for, the, uh, for these updates. I am definitely excited for the USDT bridge as a, as a typical end user. Awesome. Yeah. And I, of course, Ed, I, I think many of us understand uh, the, the criticality of introducing uh, stablecoin support for all sorts of uh, use cases, especially when it comes to DeFi functionality. So uh, we have a high level of confidence that this will unlock a lot of valid use cases for EOCVM and hopefully bring a number of new users to the platform. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us. And uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you again at some point in the future. All right. And also I'd like to thank everyone tuning in right now. We've got 75 people here live on this score on Discord. That's great. We got more people watching on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, tuning in later, tuning in live. That's awesome. If you are joining us in Discord, of course, you can claim your pop tokens enter monthly raffle with those and win exciting prizes. But make sure to only claim your pop tokens if you're actually in Discord. And also, if you're on YouTube, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and uh, yeah, leave some comments, leave some questions. We do monitor those platforms as well. So uh, feel free to communicate with us there. If you're, if you're with us here on Discord, join me on stage, ask some questions, leave a comment. Do, you can do that also in the ch text chat. You can also spam your emojis, spam the memes, spam the images, do all the things. And uh, yeah, thanks for helping uh, helping us make the Fireside a great show. Okay, moving on to our next topic. ENF office hours are up and running. I see we've got Liam and Brandon here in the chat with us. Um, guys, come on stage and uh, talk to us a bit about how the... ENF office hours have been going so far. Hello, hello. Am I sounding all right? Oh. Hey, Brandon. Yes, sounding all right. <clears throat> Welcome, Liam. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes, sir. Wonderful. Um, I'll, I'll start it off, I guess. Um, yeah, office hours is doing good. 
Um, it's pretty casual so far. Just anyone's welcome to swing on through uh, at that posted times. Um, Liam, I don't know actually if we might make slight adjustments in those times or not, but uh, regardless, whenever you see office hours in Discord, uh, come on through if you have any questions, um, want to connect with uh, whoever's uh, hosting those office hours. It'll be uh, Liam and myself and Nathan James sometimes on Thursdays, and um, we'll probably get some more folks coming through from the ENF um, as we uh, get a little further along and make this more of a routine. Yeah, I think uh, that pretty much pretty much covers it. Yeah, the times might shift a little bit in the future, but for now they're pretty pretty set. Um, so Tuesdays and Thursdays right now at eleven Eastern. Um, come out, bring your friends, tell everyone it's a good place to just hang out. If you don't have anything you want to talk about, just come play some games or something. And uh, yeah, good place to offer feedback too. That's a little bit more, um, you know, productive than than Telegram and. Uh, you can know that you're speaking to us directly, and uh, that's sort of a, a, a great place for us to sort of just hear how we can keep improving what we're doing. Or, you know, if you're new to the ecosystem and you want to know, I don't know where to sort of get get involved or start getting going, you know, engaging in EOS, um, also a great place to do it in a low-stress forum. 100%. All right, thanks, guys. So next, so next ENF office hours, tomorrow, Thursday... 11 a.m. Eastern. Jump in. You'll see that green icon in the server on Discord here. That's when you know there's an event that is live, like right now for the fireside. You'll see that same green icon when the office hours are going on. So if you see that green icon, you know some people are just hanging out. Come, uh, come hang out with everyone. All right. Thanks, guys. Next up. On the agenda, we've got a new guest to the fireside who's going to come talk to us about the EOS audit report. Let's see, Marcus from EOS support. Welcome Hello, to the fireside. Hello, EOS community. Thanks for inviting your support back to the fireside. It's an honor. My first time as an active participant, and I'm excited to get the chance to introduce our recent EOS audit report five. As you may know, the EOS Audit Initiative is basically a community of talented, motivated team members analyzing projects that applied for public funds to bring more trust, transparency and accountability to projects on EOS. EOS Audit, just as EOS Respect and EOS Synergy, is an initiative brought to light and backed by EOS Support, envisioned by our founder, CEO Randall Rowland. A little more than a year ago, I got the opportunity to join EOS Support as a translator and with hard work later became a part of the core team. We are constantly evolving, improving and extending our services to the EOS community. We recently launched our proxies and entered the realm of block production. You may ask why this? Well, we have multiple platforms and we needed our own node and API. Therefore, we decided to just go all out and spin a production node to benefit the network while we were at it. Quite frankly, the collaboration between major stakeholders to support us has shown us that anything is possible on the EOS network. We look forward to getting more community support in whichever way possible. Anyhow, I will transition to my main topic for today, the EOS Audit Report 5, published yesterday. What is special about this recent EOS Audit Report? Well, a few things. Firstly, 
we decided to take it up a notch by introducing a completely new, sophisticated rating framework. A fusion of subjective and objective criteria used by our dedicated auditors to rate the projects after a thorough and deep analysis of publicly accessible project information. Secondly, for this report 5, we focused on 11 top EVM projects and also included projects that the community requested for an audit. Remember, one of the top aims of this initiative is to help the community make informed funding decisions after thorough analysis by reviewing a project's proposal, contact details, GitHub repositories, website data, social media profiles, etc. We engage directly with the project owners to make sure that they can answer all questions before final audit. Project owners can also contact the audit community with more information. I will encourage anyone to take a look at the audit report and give us feedback, since our goal is it to make the report easily understandable, quick to grasp. Example, each project page gathers general project information contacts, socials, white paper, GitHub, etc. A radar chart displaying all data points at a glance. The previous project status, the current status, grant issues found, a five-scale EOS audit rating ranging from A, exemplary, to F, insufficient. A detailed rating overview, a rating chart, and lastly, the identified improvable points. A section where, as the name suggests, the EOS audit community gives constructive feedback. We aim to help projects to improve and grow on EOS, not only with this report, but throughout the process of creating the report and engaging with the project stakeholders. This EOS audit report represents the overall sentiment of a decentralized community achieved through a distinct process. The creation of this report took a lot of effort, so enjoy reading it. We are very much looking forward to your questions and valuable feedback. You can also send questions and suggestions to contacteosaudit.io. Thanks. Clara, I'm going to give that a round of applause. That was well done. Nice, well-prepared presentation. That's the kind of thing I like from our first-time guests on the fireside. Um, to be clear, I'm not sure if you mentioned it or not, but these projects are all Pomelo grant projects that you guys audit. Is that right? Yeah, for the moment, yes. For the right. moment, exactly. So as we've heard in the last uh, couple of weeks, for now, season seven of Pomelo, which has been announced and applications open next week, I believe. Um, at season seven is for now the last season of Pomelo Grant. So what is uh, EOS Audit going to do uh, after season seven, if you guys have plans for that? Well, thanks for the question, yeah. Well, I'd like to emphasize that EOS audits are not limited to specific platforms such as Pomelo. Like, it encompasses the entire EOS community. We did audit for Pomelo, for EOS Respect projects, and we stand ready to assist whenever other entities, like for example EOS Labs, asks us for our expertise. We are eager to contribute and evolve our process with and within the EOS community. If anybody is interested in joining the EOS Audit community, you can send an inquiry to contact at eosaudit.io because we are always looking for talented people willing to contribute. All right, and are you guys going to be doing audits for Pomelo Season 7 projects? Yes, for sure. 
We are also waiting for community wishes. And um, there's going to be audits, yes. Great. Yeah, so as a, as a Pomelo grant owner myself, actually, for the Hot Sauce show, um, I was uh, associated with the EOS audit crew, and I was you know, answering some questions from the representative that was assigned uh, to my grant. It was very easy, very simple, um, and uh, you know, it was a very pain, painless process. And I think it's very valuable that there's such an organization that exists out there that is auditing these grants. And like you mentioned, this time around, I think it was the first time that EOS audit accepted to audit grants based on community requests. I think at first it was based on the top X amount of grants as ranked on Pomelo. And, and then this time around, you also added some custom requests from the community, which I think is a great, great uh, service and public good. Yeah, thanks. Like, this is very important, no? We want to respect the wishes of the community and we really look forward for more inquiries and more suggestions to analyze projects. So uh, we tweet regularly about um, these community wishes and we have a form dedicated for it. So you can just fill it out. It's pretty straightforward. And um, then we're going to analyze the projects requested. For this time, I think it's three projects we analyzed as community wishes, making a total of 15 projects analyzed in the, in the report number five. All right, that's great. Thanks a lot uh, for coming on Farside today, talking to us about EOS audit report number five. And thanks to everyone at EOS support that uh, works very hard to help the EOS community. Sure. Thank you for having us. Alright, moving on to our next topic of the day, actually our last special guest. So at this point, I'd like to invite Mark from Pith Network to join me here on stage uh, on the far side. Mark, welcome to the show. Jim, Jim, everyone. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, super excited. Uh, first time also on a EOS community fireside chat. Uh, so pretty, pretty stoked about it. There we go. Love to hear it. So Mark is a director at Pith Data Association and also a contributor to the Pith Network. And you're here to talk to us about your integration on the EOS EVM. But first, maybe you can talk to us a bit about these two organizations that you're a part of before kind of sharing us what Pith is all about. Of course. Um, so, um, I've been, and uh, I guess you'll hear from my accent anyway, but, uh, I'm French, uh, I live in Europe and pretty much I've been working for the Peace Data Association for two and a half years, pretty much the beginning of the, of the project. Um, the Peace Data Association overall, let's not overcomplicate it. You could imagine it as like either the Ethereum Foundation or the EOS Network Foundation, uh, very much we're here to help grow the PIF network. 
so the PIF network, it's uh, like pretty much an oracle uh, dedicated for DeFi. So um, we offer pretty much only price feeds to, uh, applic- to DeFi application mostly. Um, so you might know Chainlink, you might know uh, Redstone, DR, API3, many oracles. Uh, and PIF pretty much is like one of those. Uh, we initially started on Solana two and a half years ago. And for now more than a year, we launched our V2, which enables us to be on now 35 blockchains, including EOCVM. Um, and although you can imagine the PIF network uh, very much um, being kind of the foundation enabling DeFi to happen. So Oracle, the overall idea is to bring most of the time off-chain data to the blockchain so that smart contracts can operate uh, as they should. Uh, this data can be anything. But in practice, uh, we've seen like most of the, until NFTs arrived pretty much, but until then, most of the activity was financially oriented, mostly around crypto, but also around like foreign exchange, commodities, uh, and even sometimes like US stocks. And now we've seen with real world assets, uh, like many more ETFs or like US treasury bills. So the goal of the PIF network is to bring this financial data, which is arguably the most valuable data in the world, to the blockchain for DeFi apps to build like the future of finance on like any chain as we're available on 35. Like our goal is very much not to uh, like be selective is not the proper world, but like success can happen everywhere. And we want to just enable people to build wherever they want with uh, the best financial data uh, out there. And maybe I'll just focus on two things that make PIF kind of different. Uh, and after I'll just mention what it means for EOCVM. So PIF, we built it. You could imagine that we want the PIF network to be like the Spotify for financial data. Uh, we don't want to be like an infrastructure project that can fetch anything and send it on chain, but rather focus towards the financial data. And so I take the uh, Spotify example because overall Spotify is just a platform where, where you have creators, music owners that publish data and on the other end, most often us, uh, like listening and paying to listen for that data. And so the PIF network is very much want to be like a decentralized um, data marketplace, specifically for financial assets. Um, and with that, we have to find those who owns or create the data. So we have onboarded what we refer to first party data publishers. Um, what it means is that they own, create this data. And who create this data? It can be exchanges. And this can be crypto exchanges like Binance, but also like the biggest exchange in the world in the US, like SIBO, NYSE, um, AMMs create data, like all type of exchange through the order books or whatever create data. And another part of the equation that was kind of forgotten until now was traders, especially professional traders. Uh, some trade like Apple stock every second, every millisecond, actually. So same on like for Bitcoin, whatever. And so those traders also create the data that they own, like usually it's their fields. And so PIF was built and we attracted these two types of financial players, exchanges and traders, so that we can get a wide coverage of the market of like what is the price of an asset. 
Um, and the second big difference is um, it's built so that we can bring the speed, let's say, of StratFi or Web2 to DeFi. Um, and by that, we created what we call a pool or on-demand oracle. And the idea is that um, it's a permissionless uh, protocol that you can ping at any time, request a price update on your chain for more than 350 like, assets today. So you can get data as fresh as a few milliseconds ago. And this on-demand model enables PETH also to be permissionless. Um, with like you just interact with us like a, enough chain point and uh, that you can host yourself in a smart contract, update prices and have your app working. Um, and this design worked very well for uh, like perpetual protocol because they want speed, they need fresh price. Uh, if you trade on a delayed price, you can get arbitraged. Uh, so this like has been like and PIF has been very successful with perpetual protocol in like this year. Um, I think right now on EVM chains, about half of the perpetual market volume done on DeFi use peace price fees. Um, and the other great thing about PETH is we have 350 price fees today. Like we want to cover as many assets as possible. So whatever you want to build, like that requires financial prices or financial information, you can fetch it from PETH. And just for EOCVM, so yeah, we've deployed last week, uh, no, or maybe more, uh, maybe two. Um, and this, like the availability of the Pith Oracle and its price feed, pretty much now, you can recreate everything or create new thing, but you can easily recreate everything that other EVM or even non-EVM chain have created. You want to have your GMX or synthetics-like protocol on EVM, on EOCVM, you can now. Um, so it's pretty exciting to kind of like arrive at this time where there is so much to build uh, and just like empower people is one thing that kind of drives us uh, every day also at the, at the PIF network. All right. Very cool, says Jamal. And I agree with that sentiment. Um, that's awesome. Thanks for uh, updating us on the Pith Network. I first heard of the Pith Network, I don't know, a month or two ago at first when it was first announced that you guys were coming to the LCVM. Uh, and then so I've, I looked a bit into the project and Pith is a fairly large oracle, which I was surprised at because I had personally never heard of it. Um, do you know if there's any oracle rankings charts out there or where Pith Network ranks? On, according to various metrics? I think the most looked at uh, website or one of the two most at, uh, website for stats will be DeFi Lama. Uh, on DeFi Lama, I think we must be in the top five. Uh, you have Chainlink uh, first, indeed. They have like top of mind over 10 billion, I think, secured according to DeFi Lama. Um, like overall, Chainlink kind of, they were the first one that I can recall of kind of arrived and the first like DeFi cycle for the most part was also enabled by Chainlink. Um, Chainlink has a bit, I think more a, a more general approach. Uh, they are super known for DeFi and price feeds, but they have like automation network, uh, they have other services. Um, and on our end, we've like 
we feel and we felt and we still feel that financial data is too kind of niche, niche. you have to be very precise, etc. Um, and so valuable, we wanted to focus on that. Um, and after you have, so TVL, um, you'll see, yeah, and you can see number of integration, uh, number of size of the total value secured. Usually we use that for Oracle. Um, so Chainlink has like its biggest user is going to be Aave, Compound, like the big boys from uh, Ethereum DeFi. And they mostly have like three, four, five billion or something like that. Um, and overall, the on-demand model, so Chainlink use the, pretty much the push model. They, and for the past three years, they regularly push price updates at a set parameters on a chain. So it can be on layer two, it's going to be like faster because it's cheaper. But on a layer one, like Ethereum, they might update every one hour or 0.1% price deviation. Um, the thing is, with this kind of model, when you're an app like like a GMX or synthetics, if you have a 0.1% like potential price discrepancy, what is the actual price of chain compared to what's the price available to me on chain that was updated 20 minutes ago? But 0.1% doesn't sound big. But when you can trade with like 100 or even 50x leverage, like you can constantly win if you want to. Um, so you had more and more like the trading uh, going first on the L2s. Um, but overall for the past year, like and overall, they don't need as much TVR. Those perpetual protocol, you just need a pool of liquidity. Uh, and I think GMX and, uh, and Synthetics, which are the two leaders in volume, uh, maybe have like, less than for sure half a billion in TVR, which is like 10x less than Aave. So it's kind of a different, um, like, and also the kind of the 5 billion available in, uh, on Aave today, maybe only 100 million move, actually moves. You supply, you borrow, you whatever, or you get liquidated. Uh, while on a perpetual protocol, like some days, uh, Synthetics has done like half a billion uh, dollar in volume. Um, so it's kind of different value provided. Uh, but yeah, this this is usually the, the the ranking you see. And the other like Winkling, Chronicle, or you have TWAP or Internal, you still have, depending on your DeFi app, you might just want, or you might just use very like long tail assets that are hard to give a price if you're an Oracle. Uh, so you use Uniswap TWAP, you create your own. So at the end of the day, depending on your app, you kind of have, I think, always kind of a better choice than others. All right. Great answers. Thanks for the uh, Oracle workshop that you're giving right now. This is awesome. Love learning and about it, all of this stuff. It's usually not the sexiest thing to talk about. Um, Weirdly enough, I kind of like it. Um, and yeah, so it just, just happy. And uh, I've seen a question uh, from Drew. Uh, I've shared and I was going to send the docs, but like what's the fee structure uh, or how it works? Like what, what's kind of the business model or, or things? Um, so this on-demand model means that um, the application and the application can actually delegate this to the user. They can embed into the user transaction the actual Oracle work. 
but let's say the application will request a price update on chain. Um, to get this price on chain, the application will have to pay for gas for like the transaction. So they'll pay for the gas cost. And as they interact with the P smart contract on EOCVM, they also have to pay a piece fee. Um, today, uh, the fees is set at one way. So like, uh, I think we'll need, uh, what, what, uh, what is it? A hundred billion transaction before we make one ETH or before PIF makes one ETH in, in revenue. Um, it will, it will change in the future. It will be governance driven. And that's also where we want to kind of go fast is have those decisions being said by the market because like this on-demand model enables permissionlessness. So we don't have to go out and sign a legal contract with you. Uh, it's kind of, we host the service or the validators of PethNet, the data providers kind of expose the service. You, like, you can go pick and like, it's like a buffet, like a food buffet. You, you stand up, go pick something, come back to your table and eat and everything works. Um, and so overall, you could like PIF sending piece price on chain on any of those 35 chain is costless, let's say to the network. The only cost is uh, making enough revenue to keep, to retain and keep attracting more publishers. Um, so that's also how, and it's going to be cool uh, to see because we want pretty much this to be driven by governance. And governance, you want to have the users as well as the data providers talking to each other and kind of set what's like a fair price. So does that mean there's a PIF token coming or does one already exist? It doesn't exist yet. Uh, we did release a white paper now a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> I think it was, it was early 22, I guess, January 22. Uh, so it's been a year and a half. Uh, pretty much we like explain the design of the system. Uh, so there will be in pretty much like the first, so I mentioned governance, some other things in the white paper were, uh, are like data staking, uh, delegation. So that like adding one idea is with data staking is that you can introduce slashing and some kind of insurance against like, uh, faulty prices or malicious actors. Uh, so like, if you're interested around the like the economics, how we kind of design this thing to work on its own, and it's one thing I keep repeating, almost the goal is for us to be able to be able to die and everything keeps working by itself. That is the Web3 way, indeed. All right, that was great. Thanks for all the information. Anyone... Um... Anyone from the crowd here want to jump on, ask some questions, write it in the chat. Now's your time. There you go. Thanks for sharing those, uh, those links. docs.pith.network slash documentation. Maybe I have a question for you then, Stefan. What kind of DeFi are you excited, like, excited to use and want to see on NEOS? There we go. I like it. I'm getting asked the question. I think this is the first time, is it? Is it possibly the first time a guest asks me a question? I like it. Um, th well, the DeFi that I've been using on EOS is mostly been swap pools and a bit of lending and borrowing on DeFi box. 
Uh, I haven't ventured out too far on the uh, EOS EVM DeFi ecosystem yet, but uh, yeah, looking forward to perhaps being able to use a lot of these projects that I hear about in the crypto space that are on other EVMs, uh, which I don't necessarily have funds on, the, on those other chains. But if those projects can now deploy on EOS EVM because of the Oracle uh, features that Pith Network is providing, then uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited to use um, to explore some new DeFi protocols. It's been a while since I've done that, actually. I went kind of crazy, what was it, two years ago, DeFi summer, like everyone else, uh, got absolutely tilted by massive gas fees. Gas fees I had to pay to close some positions at one point. I remember exactly where I was. I was in the car, my girlfriend was driving, and I just, I rage quit DeFi in that moment. And well, high fee DeFi. And then I just stuck to EOS ever since where I've been spoiled by basically no fees and instant settlement. Um, so that's how I like to, to, to play with DeFi. And uh, yeah, excited to potentially use these new protocols that I've launched on other chains on EOS once they get here. Thanks for the question. That was great. So Perry, regarding a question for price oracle for tokens on Chintai platform. So Chintai, I'm going to guess because I don't know. I'm going to guess it's a DEX on EOS. Meanwhile, I'm going to try to search it. Um, nice, and so if nice it's swing, but that's a swing and a miss. Uh, Chintai is a platform for real world assets. And it's okay. built on the same technology that the EOS network is built on. Okay, uh, but I'll look into. So it de overall, it depends on what they're going to need. Um, so if it's, for example, one thing that's used a lot with real-world assets is proof of reserve. Um, usually, like, you have an API endpoint or a few um, or, like, 10 trusted, like, entities doing it that will expose X value and you just send this on thing. So these kind of proof of reserve or even, like, the purely on thing proof of reserve, we don't support yet. Uh, this is the part where, like, so far it's very much like kind of a price feed oracle kind of very much like built toward that to be like the best of like at that. Um, we don't have yet the like pretty much outsource work uh, to fetch off chain to send off chain some data. So, uh, but after if it's very much like ETFs whereby they, uh, I'm trying, the, uh, digital asset. I, I'm on the website, so I'm discovering, but I'll check, I'll follow up anyway, and feel free to DM me on Discord, Telegram, anything, and connect us with anyone you know is building on your CVM. Um, like, even if we cannot support uh, what is getting built today, like, it, it goes into the, the pile of what are we building next? And the more kind of requests and value we see somewhere, the more likely we're going to ship this new thing faster.
One last question from me, actually. I'm looking at the, the Oracle's page on DeFi Llama, and then I think you may have mentioned this, but it says 102 protocols secured. How is that different than the 35 chains that you mentioned that Pith Network is available on? So, um, so 102, it's, yeah, registered. You, you must have, I don't know, a southern DeFi app registered on DeFi Llama. Uh, you have to contribute to the GitHub to get like kind of tracked. Um, so not all DeFi and sometimes your like your favorite EOS or elsewhere app, if it's new, won't be there. But yeah, of the registered, we have a hundred two, um, and so they're scattered on, I think, twenty or twenty five chains. Uh, we are, for example, available on Ethereum layer one, but given our design of on demand. Like if you have to do a price update, maybe it's worth it, but maybe it's not. If you if a price update at some point because of I guess costs you a hundred dollars, like it it won't be very sustainable for you, or you have to print serious cash. Um, so for example, I don't think you you and overall you can see the usage natively uh, in our docs. We have like the contract section. You can open a contract and you'll see the balance will be pretty much the total historical price updates, like the fee get keeps get accrued there. So I think on Ethereum, we might have like 200 way. Um, so, um, and for example, we have like 40 apps, I would say on Solana that are integrated. We must have like 10 on like four or five L2s, like Optimism, Arbitrum, Mental, etc. And after a bit scattered, uh, Evmos, Kava, Aptos, Sui, um, and after you do have, I think, 25, um, and you can also go on our website, we have a list, a page with all the users. Some aren't tracked by Defilama yet, uh, and some are like, Defilama doesn't support all the chains, I think, right now. Um, and the other thing is going to be, uh, we do have a few, I'd say, 10 off-chain users. Um, and these off-chain users, what's, like, why do we have off-chain users? Like you can access this data of chain for free. Uh, so you have pretty much a free API uh, that updates prices from two to three times a second. And this for all our price feeds. So for crypto, you could say, okay, we have Binance API. I don't care that much. Uh, but the big difference is that we have price feeds for uh, equities, uh, ETFs. And this data, you don't find it elsewhere for free. You should go check like Apple stock on. Uh, Yahoo or Google Finance, it's going to be like five or 10 minute delay uh, because otherwise they'd have to pay uh, like some insane fee. Uh, so PIF actually having those like exchanges like SIBO or those traders that trade Apple and can contribute live pricing enables us to offer like those price feeds in like live price feeds. Uh, and I think we're the only Oracle out there that in its kind of general package, like all, like there's no piece package, it's everything kind of the same, you have stocks. The other, usually you have to go bring your own API that you purchase for a lot of money. Um, so off-chain, we have like, uh, if some of you are into also the uh, traditional finance world, if you, or if you ever, ever used a Bloomberg terminal, uh, we work with uh, OpenBB, like Open Bloomberg, which is the, like open source Bloomberg terminal, where they fetch all free, like freely available data. And for stocks, their prices, like 
the integrated ETF is like specifically for the equities or ETFs like pricing. All right, great, great answer. Sounds like you really know your stuff. And uh, yeah, I've enjoyed learning about oracles today. Any more questions from the crowd for Mark before we let him go? Now's the time. All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining, Mark. And um, yeah, you're welcome back on Fireside anytime you want to give us some more updates about Pith Network. Thank you so much for having me. I'll definitely come back whenever we arrive at a good stack of DeFi app live that use Pith on EOS or I'll ping you and maybe we can just showcase them and, see, and, show, and show what's getting built. Absolutely. That sounds great. Thanks a lot, Mark. Talk to you later. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, next up, some more EOS EVM news. Play Zap Games, which we talked about on some recent Firesides. Um, there's more information about uh, the, the platform, the team. Here, there's a blog post from the ENF that was published this week. I'll be reading a couple excerpts from that. But also, there's a EOS Spaces event tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern on the EOS Network Foundation X account, Twitter account. So EOS Twitter Spaces event tomorrow, 1 p.m. PlayZap Games is going to be there. So if you want to hear more about that team, definitely tune in tomorrow. For now, I'll give you guys a short teaser by reading some of the, uh, some excerpts from the recent um, blog post. Here, let me find the link for you guys. Oh, there you go, Yana coming in clutch uh, with the link for the EOS space event for tomorrow. There you go, here's the blog link and um, yeah, let me read, read a couple of excerpts here. It says, if you're not familiar with PlayZap, PlayZap aims to revolutionize the gaming space, offering a pioneering skill-based competitive gaming platform tailored for casual users. Leverages blockchain technology to ensure transparency, provide players with true ownership of their rewards. With guiding principles like free to play, skill to earn, PlayZap offers free access to its platform where gamers can earn rewards based on their skills. By integrating NFTs, players have the added value of trading and owning distinctive digital assets. For more in-depth, you can read more about PlayZap's vision and explore their white paper. Significantly, while PlayZap harnesses the EOS EVM, it artfully abstracts intricate blockchain components from the user experience. This mirrors the approach of Upland and showcases an important differentiator for GameFi projects on EOS, eyeing effortless user adoption. Users can sign in and get started with authentication through either Google, Apple, or continue as guest to explore the app's features before creating an account. This is really great stuff. 
Um, and in my opinion, of course, very key to really onboarding a lot of people onto the blockchain is to do it in a way that they don't even know they're on the blockchain. Um, there's lots more information in this article, a couple more highlights for you guys here. It, of course, it highlights how the EOS EVM is known for its unmatched performance and it becomes even more formidable with PlayZap coming on board. So this integration not only cements EOS EVM's position in the GameFi space, but also exemplifies the chain's capacity to handle voluminous and diverse network op operations while ensuring smooth gameplay and transparent financial exchanges for users. So in case you didn't know, um, PlayZap actually was, was one of the top games on the Binance Smart Chain at one point, a feat that speaks volumes about its caliber and popularity in the gaming community. Not only that, PlayZap's momentum caught the attention of major investment players. So in August 2022, the platform successfully closed a seed round with backing from prominent names such as Qcoin Labs, Arcanum Capital, Adiana Ventures, and Prime Block. This influx of trust and capital from industry stalwarts signals PlayZap's promising trajectory in the GameFi space. So I think it's very interesting to have such an app deploying on EOS, which will inevitably open the eyes to a lot of other investors and people in the PlayZap's uh, ecosystem open their eyes to the power and capabilities available on EOS EVM. So this was a pretty cool blog article. I encourage you to read it and or tune in tomorrow to the ENF Twitter spaces to learn more about PlayZap. Who's hosting that show tomorrow? I think it is Brandon Lovejoy, if I'm not mistaken. Anything else uh, to add on the topic, Brandon? Oh, come on out. It should be great. Um, lots of amazing guests and a lot of ground to cover. Um, so it's not just PlayZap tomorrow. Um, no, we got a whole, we got a whole spread. Sorry, I didn't know you were going to grab me just now. So, yeah, let me pull it up too. It's right here. Um, so the, so the theme is GameFi themed and then it is a panel with three guests. We got Flav from the Blockchain Gaming Alliance. We've got Danny from Upland and Abby from PlayZap. So BGA, Upland, and PlayZap, three actually pretty big, big names in the GameFi space. So should be a good event to attend if you can. Have fun tomorrow, Brendan, and uh, yeah, see you guys. Uh, see you guys there tomorrow, I guess. Thanks, Steph. Yeah, that should be good. All right. All right, and wrapping up our EOS EVM news of the week, we've got the EVM namespace airdropping 5 million names to all EOS native accounts. So EVM namespace, like the uh, title uh, kind of conveys, is a EVM name uh, protocol. And they're airdropping, from what I can understand, everyone's 12-digit EOS account to their EVM account 
for uh, for all of us to claim if we want to claim that account. So I'm gonna sh I shared the tweet here um, for more information. If you want to check it out, follow them on Twitter. I'm sure we'll uh, hear more about them in the coming weeks once this uh, airdrop and service officially launches. And there's also a Telegram group there that's linked for those of you who want to go check out the Telegram group and uh, claim your airdropped EVM name. All right, couple more stories for everyone. Monthly block producer call for August. Oh, the summary was just published on the ENF blog. I'm gonna share that in the chat right here and quickly go over kind of the topics included there. Nothing, nothing new, I don't think, for the Fireside community here. They're talking about the EOS Japan listings. Eve's travels in Asia. Right now it's token 2049. On November 13th, it's going to be the Upbit Developers Conference in Seoul. There's some uh, EOS Labs update, which was mostly highlighting the Q&A that EOS Labs hosted in the recent Chinese Fireside chat. The deferred transactions uh, situation for the uh, relating to the Leap 5 update as well. So some of that information shared on the BP call, you can read that in the link, which I actually, there you go, I shared it in the chat. Uh, and then our other report, the Everything EOS EOS Monthly Report, was also published last week. Highlights some of the bigger stories of the month. EOS Labs, EVM updates, Leap 5 upgrade, online events, Pomelo Season 6 analysis, and some news from the ENF DevRel team can be found in there. All right, final uh, couple updates from some projects on EOS DAO Box Vote to win is going on right now. This is uh, affiliated to DeFi box and um, yeah, no need to transfer coins and you can win big prizes with zero risk. So check out that tweet, follow them on Twitter and here's a link to their Medium article for you to learn more. Uh, as always, do your own due diligence. This is not a recommendation to use any products or games or anything. For example, feed your monkey Anias is another kind of meme game that has been uh, popular in the last couple of weeks. EOS Network Foundation tweeted about them. They got, got some good response. So if you're curious about that gambly type of game, I'm not even too sure. If any of you in here have played Feed Your Monkey, feel free to jump in here, share your experience. Um, but other than that, that's going to wrap up all the agenda topics I had for today. At this point, of course, we're going to open up the mic to the community. If you've got updates you want to share with us, if you've got questions, if you want to talk about the inflation readings from today, or if you want to share if you're going to mask up or not this time around for COVID, off-topic banter, whatever it is, now's the time to do it. We just need a couple topics to make it to the two hour mark, which it's been a couple weeks since uh, we've done that. Feels weird.
Rest in peace, voice. What does that mean? Yes, a tweet. There's a tweet. Let me see if it's still in my clipboard. That would that would imply it is. It's imply in my clipboard. It already dead. Oh, it's been dead for it's uh, it's officially dead. Pronounced dead. It's just officially dead. a pronounced a pronounced dead. Nice. Today we are sad to announce that we will be winding down operations at Voice over the coming months. All right. I don't think many other people are sad, but if they're sad, I guess it's sad for them. Great contribution to the show today, Zach. Very clutch. Thank you. SEC sued a the Stoner Cats project today. Should uh, should probably scare a lot of projects, uh, NFT projects, in my opinion. I think it was a million dollar fine. I don't know what they raised, but I'm sure Ashton Kutcher's yes. got a million dollars. Right, but is it on top of fully reimbursing everyone? Or is it oh, like, yeah. oh, they raised eight mil, they give back one, and then they walk away with seven? I have no idea. Yeah, it wasn't clear to me. Let me find the link here. Maybe it's clear to someone else who can read legal stuff. Big piece of news today was uh, the judge ruled in favor of allowing FTX to do uh, like scheduled selling of their uh, Solana, Bitcoin, and all their crypto assets. Game over. Sell everything, boys. Wrap it up, back it up, it's over. Just kidding. It's mostly Solana from what I understand and mostly locked. Yeah, like um, the Bitcoin, so the Galaxy Digital is probably going to handle the OTC sales from what I'm reading. Um, I'm sure there's institutions that will be willing to pick up some of that Bitcoin. But I don't think there's anybody with enough money to pick up those uh, Solana bags. There's, there's a lot. Yeah, those are heavy, heavy locked bags of Solana. And probably some other alts, I imagine, that are very, that have very thin liquidity that may get ravaged from, uh, from this type of sell pressure. I'll share an image in the text chat. The uh, the Solana tokens were vesting. They they vest pretty much an entire year's almost well at these prices almost an entire year's worth of uh, EOS inflation every single week. Wow. Yes, Phil, there are plans for another poker tournament, actually, at Poker Champ. That's right. We've got a role for our poker champions. 
after after uh, season seven of Pomelo, we'll host uh, we'll host at least one more EOS Community Poker Tournament. Looking forward to it. So close to two hours. We're just gonna wrap it up here. No one else uh, has any topics they wanted to talk about. Still have some of the some of our special guest speakers in the chat. Looks like Adrian's still here. Looks like Mark from Pith Network's still here. I didn't message Eve today. Didn't want to wake him up this time around. Figured I'd let him sleep in today. He was speaking at token 2049, no? Today or tomorrow? Uh, he's been speaking at a different like, side events every day, like one or two every day. Yesterday, he gave a talk on uh, real world assets, and then he had an interview with the Defiant. Is, which is a pretty big, um, like DeFi news aggregator newsletter. All right. Last call for uh, off-topic banter. If not, we're gonna wrap it up and do it again in one week. Well, I won't, but you guys will. Uh, share why, or not why, but that you will not be here? I missed, I missed the first like 10 minutes. I didn't know you shared that. You, you did You did miss, uh, miss the announcement. Yeah, so I'm not gonna, taking a couple weeks vacation, I'm gonna be away from the fireside for a couple weeks and we've got Andrew on deck to replace me. I'm sure it's going to be great. Let me uh let me do the uh let me do the intro for Andrew once more for those of you who missed it. Andrew, like you just heard, has his own soundboard. He's also an OG EOS community member. He's a musician, a sound engineer. He has an amazing radio voice. And he's hosted the far side before, so he's going to be doing it again. And we actually hired uh, hired Andrew at EOS Nation from him showing up to a fireside event and speaking up when we announced that we had some open positions. And he's also the Pomelo product owner. So all around, very cool guy. And he's going to be your host uh, for the next couple of firesides. He also has uh, one hell of a mustache. That's right. I forgot that top feature of his in my list. Uh, much appreciated. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> There's that radio voice followed up with the soundboard. Well done. All right. So on that note, we're going to wrap it up there. Thanks for joining, everyone. Hope you have a good week, and we'll do it again next week. Until then, let's go, y'all. Yeah.